Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this uh, this LVO wrap-up episode of the Command Point Podcast. My name's Ryan, and I'm here with my co-host, Shane. Hello. And uh, we have got a lot to unpack here, oh. so strap in. So, the top four at fourth place was Glass Half Dead, which I don't think even Glass Half Dead expected that, judging by his own takes before the no, tournament no <laughs> uh but it was it was fun to see yeah uh, at third place was janice mm-hmm. who uh brought her her Asriani and had a great showing mm-hmm. and second was alex squares with his admac and first mm-hmm. place of course as if there was any doubt uh michael t holy with his Asriani. and uh it was quite the run for michael t holy oh yeah this is a legendary run. He lost the first game in the first round of the tournament to Glass Half Dead in a really tight game that ended up finishing round three off of a tiebreaker. Yeah. And proceeds to go three and one, crack top eight out of 54 players, I believe. Yeah, something like and that. And then run the top eight all the way to the championship. In the in the meantime, throughout that top eight, he actually got to get his rematch against Glass Half Dead. Yep. And he beat him. Yeah, Michael is the he's the best. Yeah, it was incredible. And what I liked is that he pl- he he actually he played Asriani to the packet. He didn't just do what he normally does. I mean, he took a wraith guard. Almost all of his games that I saw, there was a wraith guard in him. Yeah, with with that D scythe uh, doing work. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to to unpack here. But for starters, I feel like we should we we made some some bold predictions. Oh yeah, and I feel like we should talk about talk how those about up. Yeah. a little bit. So, I called Thousand Sons, and uh, you know it wasn't too bad. Our it was James Skinner, I believe his name was the mm-hmm. Thousand Sons player. Yep. he squeaked right into the top eight. Yeah, he went three and one, and he he finished eighth on the second day and made it into top eight the Sunday tournament. Mm-hmm. And he upset Alec Berryman, who was the top seed, made it to semifinals. And uh, lost to Alex Squires ultimately, but pretty good showing. Yeah, it uh, was a pretty. That was a like that's as close as you can get to predicting these things. I yeah, think. I mean, yeah, it's hard to call because these. I mean, the matchups, of course, and and the players themselves. Who knows who's right. going to succeed? Right. Um, it was interesting though that the entire top four were all. I mean, relatively well-known players. Mm-hmm. I can think of a couple people in top eight that were surprises that we haven't heard of before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so later in the episode, we're gonna we're gonna go through each faction and we're gonna talk about um, the truth of of that performance from that faction in the in the tournament and what you actually need to take away from it. You called Death Watch. Mm. Death Watch did not make top eight. However, no. they, they there was a Death Watch player that went, I believe, three and one, who placed about top sixteen. I want to say so. There was a, a good Death Watch player there. I think Ken- Kenneth. Goddard. Yeah, I think I his think? yeah his issue was in his victories. He really wasn't getting too many points. He was kind of squeaking by, especially in those first two games. Yeah, but he was winning. Um, it was just one one loss that that took him out. I mean, there's so much to talk about with this tournament. It was it was a nail biter, and the streams were were fantastic to have, even when they were laggy and unfortunate. Like yeah. I, I find my I found myself not even really caring. I was just happy to have it. Yeah. Um. And this is the kind of thing. It's like it was the first stream tournament, really. So it's only going to get better mm-hmm. this time. Yeah, lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everyone that worked on that. Yeah, Kill Team Stream, Kill Team Academy, um, Elliot Miller. Yep. Yeah, a lot of a lot of work was was done, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great tournament. Probably the best tournament yeah. that Kill Team's ever seen. Just just because of the scope of it and the streaming and and the. There excitement was, and the yeah, new, right. The new formats it was being tested. so exciting. Yeah, uh, and I think there's a few storylines that we could maybe bounce off each other. All right, so uh, Glass Half Dead round one is randomly paired up against Michael T. Holy, and I think it was random. I initially had my doubts, but I yeah. found out that his, for instance, his matchup against Beer in it in the second round. The reason that that happened was because Michael. Or not Michael, sorry. Uh, Andrew, Glass Half Dead, he was the lowest scoring winner of mm-hmm. all the winners. And Bearnit, who lost first round, was the highest scoring loser. So that is why yeah. they got tested up against each other. It wasn't 
It wasn't scripted. There's no conspiracies. It really felt like it. It felt but, like it. Yeah. It was it was super cool. It really added to the, like, the tension and yeah. the drama. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, that was an intense matchup. Um, Andrew Glasshefted was running his was running his Necron list, which um, you're the you're the resident Necron expert. Yeah. What did you think he, of his of what he brought against Ostriani? I liked it. Um, he took seven Necron warriors, which is good against the low saves and the toughness three of the Ostriani, mm-hmm. and two flayed ones and. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about two flayed ones. I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this was Mefford Dynasty. And he took, yes, he actually, yeah, on his roster, he had Novak and Mefford. But for this mm-hmm. game, he, he did take the Mefford. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he take Lich Guard? Two well? Lich Guards. Yeah, yeah, two Lich Guards. Okay. The first two rounds of that game, though, there was like no killing. There's barely yeah. any killing. Mm-hmm. I know the first round, I don't think a single model came off the board. Yeah. There there might have been one flesh wound. I, yeah, there was a flesh wound on... A lich guard, I think. The zealot lich guard. The zealot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a flesh wound on that. And, and then... And then round two, Glass Half Dead made a really crucial 12-inch charge with that lich guard. That's right. Uh, and ultimately, the, the model ended up surviving on the next in that fight phase. But mm-hmm. I think the... I think it was great because that, I mean, like it was a long shot, but the fact that he pulled it off was amazing because that charge was into a howling Banshee and had he not charged into that howling Banshee, that howling Banshee certainly would have shut down like a bunch of other models shooting probably. Yeah, it's certainly possible. You don't I, overwatch I, against that thing. Yeah. So. I can't remember where it was on the board. Um, it's the Mechanicus furnace thing. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that silo looking yeah. thing was. And it fell back forcing the 12 inch charge and mm-hmm. he rolled it. Uh, unbelievable yeah wild but then i th- it's kind of funny though because it went around three and they they had to time they had to go to time mm-hmm. and it was a tie at the time and it was literally like a silly mistake that michael made where like he didn't fire and fade and take an objective it was something like that where yeah. it really could and i think glass half dead was saying that if it went around four he really wasn't confident that he was gonna win yeah so i think michael got a little bit of a bad break in this matchup yeah but it didn't matter didn't matter because he somehow went three and one yeah scraped his way into the or scraped his way into the top eight and then yeah took the whole thing yeah. but um glass half dead though is the what we're talking about yes here, so yep uh <laughs> got bearded got bearded second and, round uh, and, pretty convincing uh, win another strong showing from glass half dead yeah. yeah well that was for me that was the moment where i started to believe because his first win was a little fluky yeah but that second one super he, close he came out strong with the with the flayed ones and the lich guards he came out pretty strong he that came was... with a great list great great necron list to yes. take against uh against tyranids yeah and his third and fourth games were not streamed but he played thousand suns and demons i believe he played thousand suns the third game and won and then he played the pink horde demon spam list round oh, four okay. took uh, i know for a fact he took flayed ones and an immortal with a tesla carbine which i really like actually Mm-hmm. But he ended up winning those matchups. And uh, yeah, and then he wound up placing overall fifth, I believe. Fifth, I think. Fourth or fifth. And uh, won his first game against, I believe it was the kid, the Wonder Boy, Alex Ritnerick. R- 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 yeah. uh, and uh, he, that's another story we can talk about. Um, had a really great tourney. He was another Asriani player, but Glass got the win on him made it into top four mm-hmm. and then got that rematch against Michael Tioli. Oh, and uh, it went pretty well for Michael. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there wasn't much doubt by the end of the second round, I think. And I think they ended up calling it third round, but uh, yeah, glass have a glass had a great tournament. You cannot take it away from him. He, he played pretty well. Yeah. He took neck rounds, which I was a big fan of neck rounds. Uh, he took him to fourth place overall. Um, yeah. I mean, well done, Andrew. Yeah, congratulations. Got to give props where it's due. Yeah. Uh, my, another narrative that I really wanted to talk about, Birinid. Uh Listen, oh. I, I <laughs> Birinid is really sad to see because, I mean, we love you, but Birinid in this tournament was kind of like the the team in Airbud that loses to a dog. Oh, no. <laughs> but Birinid just could not get it. To, he just had so many bad breaks. His first round in the tournament, he... He lost with the most points. 
of <laughs> all the losers. God, most points. And in the, I remember watching the first game that I watched on stream was his his pod on Friday against Janice, where he just got obliterated. He got yeah, he got tabled. Yeah, uh, and then he uh, he he lost to a Flash Get Work list, which actually ended up being a pretty good list because I think it won that Sunday separate GT. Yeah, that Flash Get list. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Birna just did not have a great tournament. Um, it was really it was sad to see. I'm not gonna lie though, that game that he had against Janice was awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean that that was just yeah. No, I'm just taking the piss out of Birna, but yeah, I'm sure he'll come back strong. Yeah, there's. there's... <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't 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 get too discouraged. Chris. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, any other any other storylines you wanted to reflect on? Uh, yeah. New let's, friend of the pod. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about the boy wonder. Yeah, I think he's like the only teenager that I've seen at one of these tournaments. Yeah. I think he actually went out with his dad. He flew in with his dad, who plays games. That's oh okay. Alex Rutnarek. He. Uh, Asriani, he took Asriani, mm-hmm. which you can say a lot about Asriani this tournament. But he was yeah, one of those. He strong, was strong showing for I mean, Asriani. Yeah, I would say there's about five Asriani players that just had great performances, and mm-hmm. two of them weren't really able to make it into the top eight. But he was one of the one of the three that did. He first caught my eye when when he beat Janice in that Friday pub, right? In the Asriani mirror match. Yeah, and uh, he both was all the way Asriani. Yeah, yeah. he. I'm. And Michael even said, like, we're going to see more out of him for sure. I think it was Michael. Somebody said that. So, yeah. uh, As far as our predictions went um, for factions. Let's talk about Tau. Let's talk about your your since rescinded. Well, you know, I say since rescinded. uh, Uh, A great way we can we can go into this is let's let's do the truth of each faction. We'll start with Tau. Yeah, but. Before I do that, I want to go down the list. What? Never mind. You know what? We're we're gonna start with Tao actually, and I'm gonna tell you everything you need to know about Tao, at least that is relatively public knowledge that we can. Yeah. So Tao, there was one Tao player out of the 54 in the turn tournament. There's one. I feel like there must have been some sort of gentleman's agreement. No. Everybody I... walked into the hotel and they were like, "Okay, guys." <laughs> we know you got your towel list. This guy showed up late, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was late. Um, we know you got your towel list. Gentleman's agreement. Let's just not throw him in the trash. Let's just throw him in the trash. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly think a lot of it had to do with the fact that there's a lot of negativity towards Tao in the community right now. Yeah. For a decent reason. They're not the most fun to play against. The way they're de- the way they're designed is um it's tough doesn't feel very rewarding yeah and uh but but i don't think that can't so, really interact with them the way you want to yeah i should get the biggest into issue the one top player he went one and three um so four games 25 percent win rate a lot of people are looking at this and and saying oh man what does it mean i don't think it really means much any of anything yeah i mean look there's there's one tau there was one tau kill team in a and I heard of 54. Yeah. And I heard somewhere in the discord that the player was relatively new. Yeah. So, so this don't read into that. Yeah. The, the truth to Tao is they're probably still quite good. It's really unfortunate. We didn't get to see Tao in this format because I still think they would have been great despite the uh, impassable terrain. Mm-hmm. There, there was still plenty of shooting lanes. There was the two big towers in the middle mm-hmm. the towers still, still great at shooting there. The drones are still seven points. Yeah. They're, they're a good, faction and i think they you could have been successful with them at lvo especially when you look at the best armies at this tournament were these t3 shooty armies yeah i don't see why tau wouldn't have been able to fit in there yeah um so yeah that's the story of tau don't overreact they're probably still fine on this tournament that's that yeah in this itc uh for in the Kilmore Holmore format, yeah, yeah. How did you? Uh, quick aside, how did you feel about the uh, the terrain? I liked it. I liked it a lot too. Yeah, it was simplistic. Um, it was, it was. I liked that it was paralleled because I know, like aesthetically, people love having all sorts of like terrain that almost kind of looks like a real battlefield. Yeah, but I think competitively, what we had here was a lot better. Yeah, 
and it didn't, just completely balanced. Yeah, too big of the uh, mechanicus furnace silos in the middle across from each other, and then uh, there were four, uh, four like industrial containers. Yeah, and then there were, and they were like spread kind of like almost like an X, um, and then there were a few, a uh, couple of barriers going along the uh, the middle. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it a lot. How's big fan of it? Yeah, I can't wait until like we ordered that. Yeah, terrain, we ordered so. we ordered all the terrain for that, so yeah. that'll be coming in soon. We'll be doing some some games on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Tau. That's my take on Tau. While we're doing the the bottom dwellers of the tournament, uh, oh, let's gosh. take a look at sisters. Similar situation. Uh not quite similar. Not the same, but there was one sister player. They went mm-hmm. zero four. Yeah. Uh, sisters, and I said this in the Discord at one point during the tournament. Don't read into this. Sisters is a super young faction. Yeah, like not new. even all the models are like out yet. Yeah, with unless hard you're to access, going on eBay and hard to access the good models for this faction. And there was one player. Yeah, it, don't it, read into that. It means nothing. I, I would wait a little bit and see how people will pick up sisters, and we'll see real, m- more authentic performances with a higher volume of of. Like higher sample size. Yeah. So don't look into the Owen Four Sisters, although Sisters did get to claim the, the worst win rate of the tournament. They're the only faction that appeared that didn't get a win. Sad days. Yeah. I mean. Uh, now, moving on to the other bottom dweller, Tyranids. Tyranids might be the biggest loser of the tournament. Mm. Uh, they, unlike the other two factions at the bottom, they actually have a good sample size. They had 12 games at this tournament. They went three and nine. 12 teams or? 12 games. Oh, okay. So three Tyranid players. Oh, okay. None of which made top eight. Yeah. Uh, they went three and nine. Three wins, nine losses. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's still pretty It's a, still pretty small in a field of 54, but. Yeah. Comparatively, it's it's. I think you can take something away from it. Uh, for starters, I mean, it didn't seem like the big bug strategy that Byronid came in with ended up being too successful yeah the big models like wraith guards and and such had answers to it um and and it just struggled i think tyranids on kill more and no, i don't know if anybody even dared to take the the gaunt spam list yeah i and didn't if, see anything about that if they did i'm not sure how well it was nothing on the stream i would say that this might I think I'd be willing to say that I, I don't think Tyranids fare very well on this on this uh, packet. I think yeah. they come out much worse than Tau, and people really ragged on Tau for one own for performance. I, I think that this is a more authentic telling of of, of the faction mm-hmm. based on the performance. Three and nine, that's rough. Yeah. So moving up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually going to start from the bottom and move up. So we're not yeah. at, we're not at Adeptus Astartes yet. This is actually the fourth to the bottom. Consider me surprised. Harlequins. Harlequins. Okay, not, that's not too surprising. Harlequins went three and five. Uh, I know Glass have had really ragged on these guys before the tournament. Uh, they did okay. I mean, they did mediocre, but they weren't the worst. They were not like atrociously bad. Yeah. Uh, three and five. Uh, so two players brought them. Thirty-seven percent win rate. They were never shown on stream, and I I don't think we have any of the uh, the the rosters available to us. Um, we can fight you if you have the uh, the BCP players app. Is uh, everything up on there? Can you? I don't want to say everything, just because as probably some of you know, um, BCP had a lot of issues during LVO weekend. You know, oh, yeah. like eight hundred people in a single room for the big forty k all trying to get their pairings done on the yeah. same app. Um, I don't even know why we're li- we're worrying about this because Harlequins can only bring so much. We don't yeah. really need to look at the Harlequin rosters. Yeah, their their thing is they only got one model. Yeah, and they, and one model. they really struggle against Mortal Wounds, which Psychers were pretty big at this tournament compared yep. to prior tournaments yep. that we've seen. Uh, they just they really struggled against the Gatekeepers mm-hmm. more than anything. And uh, yeah, that's why they're fourth to bottom. Fifth to bottom... Actually, this is the there. These next few are tied with Harlequins. Oh, okay. Orcs, three and five, and it really is too bad. Yeah. Uh, how many? How many orc players were there? Only two. Oh, okay. Um, the Flash get orc player did pretty well at the tournament. He didn't make 
top eight. He mm-hmm. might have made top 20. Mm-hmm. But he won the GT of basically it was the best of all the players that didn't make top eight. Oh, okay. So it was pretty much everyone else that was still there on mm-hmm. Sunday. So he won that with with a two flash get list. Uh, the flash gets, I think there's there's something good there in this packet for flash get freebooters. Moving on. So the uh, the next faction up on the list is Demons. Yeah. So people were really scared of Demons before this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still think rightfully so. Demons went 3-5, and five, same record as uh, Orcs and Harlequins. Uh, they only had two players, and I actually know the exact two lists that were ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheldon, Kill Team Stream, ran... All blood letters. Yep. So the blood seven, letter bomb. Yeah, seventeen blood letters, and he got that subfaction bonus for the plus one in the charge. And the other guy, whose name I th- I think his name is Ham Sandwich on on the PCP, <laughs> but he took all pink horrors. So they both, both went for of this. These, yeah, yeah. So both of these players they took mono faction demons just to get that that subfaction bonus that that there was in this packet for taking mono faction demons. So. Do you think that worked for them or do you think it worked against them? Well, it didn't work for them. Yeah. I mean, they went three and five. I know that Sheldon was talking about it and he kind of said that he got some bad matchups, which I believe him. Mm -hmm. But my problem with it is when you play all blood letters, you're really prone to bad matchups. So it, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. In the same issue for Pink Horrors, you really lock yourself into one play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the trade-off, I don't think it's worth it. I think the sub-factions were kind of a trap at LVO for Demons. Definitely. I think it's better to have a combo of Bloodletters and Horrors than it is to have plus one to a Horror Charge or plus one leadership for the Pinks. Yeah, I, I think if we saw a combination, we might have seen a better performance. Definitely. Uh, because I think Pink Horrors, or Pink, sorry, Pink Horrors, Demons are just really, really good in this format, especially with the secondaries. They are a tough nut to crack. Yeah, they're they're very good right now. Uh, I, so I would say that the truth of of demons is not reflected in the, in the tournament standings. No, uh, they're they're one that I think is still quite good in the packet um, and could have easily done better. Uh, now moving on, Adeptus Astartes. Hey, they uh, they actually had the same win rate as the other three factions, but they had a much bigger sample size. There were 24 Astartes games played, mm-hmm. and they went 9 and 15. Okay. So kind of an underwhelming showing for the faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one player who took them, who is top 20 on ITC, end of season. Would it be it's, it's Pat Wilson. Pat Wilson. Pat Wilson took them. But uh, so even with such a big sample size with Astartes, it's kind of hard to to make any definitive statements because there's so many different play styles for them. There's so many different play styles. And then the other thing with Astartes is like everyone has space Marines, right? Everyone has space Marines somewhere in their collection. Yeah. They're the face of they're the poster boys of 40 K. So perhaps there were some players that aren't as competitively minded that were playing them. Yeah. That's kind of like the Astartes paradox where you can't quite look too much into a tournament result mm -hmm. for them because they're kind of a beginner faction that people will bring like just to try their first tournament out or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I mean, there was a tall player that was relatively inexperienced that went to the tournament just to mm-hmm. kind of try it out. Yeah. And I, I'd be willing to bet that there was at least a couple Astartes players in the same In the same situation. boat there. Yeah. Um, I do think they're I, not great in this packet. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, successful factions here were taking their big models that from elites that nobody was really seeing like Asriani with the Wraith guards, Drakari with the grotesques. I don't know if terminators for Astartes were, were a main piece. Well, looking at, uh, looking at Pat's list here, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of eliminators on here. He took a list of, it looks like two-thirds salamanders and then one-third raven guard so he actually played on the stream if you remember he played janice didn't yes he? yes he did and he played a pretty good game against janice it was he, friday yeah though. It yeah was a friday it was the pop. friday uh, after friday p.m pop. yep um he's a good player he's he's 12th on itc for a reason. yeah uh, it's good to know that my 
that my eliminator sort of prediction uh, was coming true. Yeah, you did call that. Yeah, a before, while ago. It was before I MAGFest think. you were talking about. Yeah, because I was just looking at the eliminators, and I'm like, man, these guys are these guys are good at killing yes. things. Yeah, they have all those profiles. and. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting list. As an Astartes player, I'm going to be looking at this, and I encourage all the other Astartes players to take a gander at this. This yeah. is super interesting. It's literally suppressors, eliminators, scouts, and our single reaver combat specialist sergeant. Yeah. I, oh, and an intercessor. I'm sure sergeant. that there. I'm sure there's a a way to play Adeptus Astartes successfully. Yeah. They're so adaptable. Yeah, in a when you're going into a tournament with 54 different kill teams that you can potentially be paired up against, and you're taking a Stardis, the the like a Stardis strength, I think, is also their weakness because they're super adaptable to almost every sort of situation, uh-huh. right? But the thing is, they can they're never they're not like really really good at one particular thing. So they don't have like yeah. a single strength. It's like a jack of all trades, master of none kind yeah. of situation. And when you go into a when you go into a tournament with a command roster where you can only bring 20 models, you really gotta like lock into something and just kind of like pray to the emperor that you that you get the good matchups that you want. Yeah. So I I just don't think they're very competitive right now overall as a faction. Yeah, it's it's tough. But I do believe there's a way to hang in there. Yeah, you can. They can hang in there. I mean, they certainly hung in there. They yeah. cracked top twenty. Yeah, took a good player though. Took a good pilot on mm-hmm. the faction to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, right above them, and this one surprises me, especially with the way this tournament turned out. Imperial Guard, Astra Militarum went eleven and thirteen. Okay, with a forty-five percent win rate. Frankly, I expected much better. Yeah, they're a good faction. They're really strong. I mean, you saw really good players take. Skitar or uh, Admech and and Ostriani, mm-hmm. these again T three shooting armies, and they just dominated. Mm-hmm. And Militarum, that's that's Militarum. They're the plasma that's their spin whole guys. thing. Yeah. yeah, and they have access to a big strong model with the Ogren and the Bolgren. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know what happened. They just how many how many people played them? There was quite a there was twenty four games, same amount as Adeptus Astartes. Oh, okay. Adeptus, Astartes, Astriani, and Guard were the three most represented factions. Hmm. Uh, I I think that Guard is still good in this. I, I know that they had a pretty big sample size, but I don't know. There were no VODs of the games that I'm aware of. Yeah, I didn't I don't remember ever watching any Imperial Guard yeah. on the stream. Um that's interesting. Surprises me. I, I thought that they were gonna do better. Uh-huh. Do you think the issue is that it's just that Mechanicus does what they do, but better? That may very well be true. Honestly, AdMac is insanely good. But, I mean, we only saw a couple AdMac players, I believe. Adeptus Mechanic. Yeah, we we saw three AdMac players, Mm. seven and five. Most of that was Alex Squares going 4-0. yeah, though I, I don't know what happened with guard. Maybe maybe the good guard players just wanted to play something else. Uh, good. This one's murky. I don't think we can make much of it. Inconclusive. Yeah. All right. What's next? Heretic Astartes. There was one player mm-hmm. went two and two. I mean, I think Heretic Astartes is is right kind of in the middle of the of the strength of factions in this packet. Mm-hmm. I think a good player can take them all the way to the top. Like mm-hmm. with Will Blood. He, yeah. I mean, he unfortunately wasn't able to make the tournament. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure he would have made top eight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one Astartes player. I'm not sure what happened with him. He didn't. He went two and two. So I think a, I think Heretic is middle of the pack. I wish we had a little bit more sample size for them in open with Kilmore Holdmore. Yeah. Because Will played all arena. He at, played on all arena. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So... I mean, I still think there's there's something there. They got to be better on arena, though. I mean, oh, definitely, it, yeah. Because just because of the berserkers, yeah. I think it can still happen, though. The uh, the open, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see for them. Yeah, uh, there'll be something else. Uh, next up, another one faction or one player faction was Death Guard, right in the middle, two and two. The, you know what? 
I feel like this has got to be like the story of these guys. They're always right in the middle. They're maybe. always <laughs> right in the middle. They were in the middle of MAGFest. They were in the middle here. I just think they're a faction that you can you can do well on them. But honestly, there's not a lot of Death Guard players out there right now. Yeah. They're not very popular at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Only one player. So, yeah, there's very little to talk about here. So we'll just move on right to my guys, uh, my prediction, the Thousand Sons. Now, we're finally up to a faction that had a positive win rate. Uh, there, were, <laughs> there were 2,000 Sons players. Yeah. Um, went seven and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know both of them were, were really in the fight up until the very last round to make uh, top eight. Uh, James Skinner made top eight. And he had a he had a big game against Alec Berryman, the Drakari player. Kind of an upset because it was eighth seed versus first seed. To my knowledge, neither of those players though had much experience in the matchup. Yeah, maybe maybe James did, but I don't think Alec did. I think Thousand Suns is great in this format. Oh yeah, uh, only two players is kind of a bummer. Uh, I sleeper sleeper faction. Yeah, still kind of a sleeper. Um, but the issue is they really struggle against things like Admac and military. That's right. The plasma spam. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they do have the invuln saves, but it, it like, almost always having a five up to save. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, especially and, on all those two damage plasma calibers and yeah plasma guns. I don't think they're as good as I hyped them up to be as i thought they were about a week ago but i, I mean, still think I, they're i still think they're pretty good i still think they're up there i think they're right behind some of these I, yeah these shooty fast moving there there definitely was the potential for them to get all the way i i firmly believe that i mean the potential to bring essentially like three psychic attacks yeah. you know with the um with the sorcerer the terminator sorcerer and then they can put the icon on one guy and then on a six, he gets a free mortal wound on somebody. Yeah. Eh, that's, that's pretty big. That's a lot of, there's a high, pretty high ceiling for those guys with their mortal wounds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And mortal wounds were pretty important in this packet. Yeah. Uh, as we can see with right above them, Grey Knights. Similar story. Went seven and five, two players. Uh, the main showcase being, uh, I believe his name is Jacob Cordero. Hit top eight. He was the unfortunate soul that had to play Michael T. Holy in his revenge tour in the first round of <laughs> Sunday. And uh, I think that game was close. It wasn't streamed, but you could hear Michael on the last moment of the last round celebrating because of how close <laughs> it was. I think Jacob was winning for a Whoa. while. I'm looking at his list right now. This is super interesting. He's got a Terminator Justicar leader. Yeah, I don't know if he ever brought it. I would be curious. Yeah, you could have just put it on there to fill it out, but I mean... We'd have to ask him. Even putting it on there is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, none of his games were streamed. Uh, it's 40 points right there. Um, he was... He did, he did good, though. Jacob. Uh, not a player that I'm familiar with. I haven't heard his name before. I'm sure he's been to other events. But he took Grey Knights, which were a good faction in this packet. He took him to top eight. Unfortunately, lost to the winner of the tournament. Yeah. I mean, can't take it away from him. Nope. And then right above it, Death Watch. <sighs> no way. It doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. doesn't like feel it. like because we expected more. Uh, seven and five again. Same deal as Green Knights and Thousand Suns. Yeah. Uh, two players? Two players. Two players yep. again? Uh, one of them went, one of them was top 20. He, uh, he had a pretty good showcase. It's the issue was in his, some of his wins, he really wasn't able to get high points. Kenneth totals. Goddard. Yeah, those, Kenneth Goddard, that was I, his name. I believe he won with 11 points in one game and then 10 in another. He went, uh, it, it looks like here he got 53 points total. He went 11, 11, yeah. 14. The yeah. game where he got 14, he lost, actually, uh-huh. which is pretty surprising. And then uh, won his last game getting 17 points. Yeah, in most of his games, he was <laughs> he got more points in that loss than he did in a couple of his wins. Yeah. Uh, that's the tough thing. Like He went 3-1, and one. he actually... Seems sounds like he played pretty well in his games. Just the points weren't there for him to make top eight. Yeah, it's it's tough with uh, Death Watch just because, like, you really need you need a perfect storm mm-hmm. with Death Watch in order to really maximize your points that you're going to be getting out in this packet. You uh-huh. need to kill a lot of things, and then you got to take the right secondaries. So when you kill those things, you're getting more points for them. Yeah. 
Grey Knights are pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, Death, Death Watch are they are hyper efficient at killing things. The the thing is just can they kill enough? Yeah, uh, I, I think I still think Death Watch is pretty good in the packet, but it's it's. I think they're a faction where it might be a little bit easier to deny them secondaries. I don't think they're an easy yeah. faction to beat, but it's easy to kind of prevent them mm-hmm. from scoring high. And I think on the flip side, it's pretty easy for a Death Watch player to do the same to his opponent mm-hmm. just through zoning and, and good positioning with those with those big weapons. Yeah. Yeah, so not a huge sample size, two players, but I think we can take some stuff away from that. Um, maybe not as good as we thought. Overhyped them a little, but they were still good. So our track record isn't terrible. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I knew, I knew they were a dark horse. I said they were a dark horse pick when I picked them, but yeah. yeah. Well, they well they cracked top eight of win rate. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. Granted, they were tied with two other teams, but moving on, Admac. So they went seven and five. Mm-hmm. Two players. Uh one really worth talking about. Yeah. Um. It's on the is this, with Death Watch. We said it feels like they did worse than their placement for Admac. It feels like they did a lot better than looking at this. That's because Alex Squires is just an amazing player. Yeah, that guy is good. I thought in the final against Michael, first, I mean, ninety percent of that game, I thought he was going to win. It just looked like he was. T- he his was, positioning was so good. He was setting up so well. He just seemed to understand his faction on a really deep level. Yeah. Just understand how the game works on a really deep level. I heard, uh, I heard on the stream that he was the, I think he was the guy that came up with like the actual terrain, like how you how they would set up the terrain for the tournament. I believe, if I'm not really? mistaken, oh. yeah. And right before the turn, right before uh, he started his final game with Michael D. Holy, he went through with all the measurements and made sure that each piece of terrain was set up exactly where it was supposed to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's super precise. And he finished ITC season third, right behind Janice. Do you want to talk about his list a little bit? Uh, sure. Uh, we can we can go through it. I know he was running kind of a mix of a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was a mix of a lot of stuff. Um, the sub-faction he took was Metallica. Great sub-faction. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Mars is a little bit swingy because it's random. Yes. So it can really screw you over, but it can really help you. Uh, if you don't like relying on RNG, it might not be the way to go. Yeah. Metallica, you can advance and shoot with, I believe, rapid fire weapons. And you don't get the penalty for shooting when you advance with an assault weapon. Mm. So, and, and their plasma calibers are... Uh, they are assault weapons. They're assault weapons. And their rapid fire weapons are decent. Pretty interesting. He took some electro priests. Mm-hmm. He in the final he ran a mix of the the Sicarians, the electro priests, and the um, a bunch of calvers. I'm, I'm not mistaken. He never took four calvers though. Yeah, super interesting because the, the yeah that very last game he did only take the two plasma calvers. Maybe mm-hmm. he thought it was he he. Said, I, I just don't think he wanted to get in a shootout. Yeah, he said on on Discord that he would have taken four plasma calibers if he came up against an Astartes or a Death Watch or something. Oh like yeah, that. definitely. But he just didn't. Uh, or a Thousand Suns. And I think he did play Thousand Suns at one point, but he didn't do it, which makes sense because involves. But, uh, yeah, he whatever he was doing all tournament, it was quite good. Yeah, <laughs> he placed second, and he he looked like he was going to beat Michael. Yeah. I, I think had, it's pretty safe to say that the two best players that showed up at that tournament were the last two players to play. Yeah, and what a game it was, despite all the, you know, the, the technical t- difficulties. The timer controversy, like they were, they were on a cutoff at 6.30, but yeah. either way, it was it was an awesome game. Mm-hmm. Super high-level kill team right there. Yeah, Go back and watch that VOD if you're listening to this yeah. and you haven't watched it. Just I know they'll they'll have it recorded on the uh, the Kill Team, kill team Stream YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, the Kill Team Stream Twitch channel will also have all the VODs, too. So either one of those, you can find them. Uh, next up, the uh, the gatekeeper, the juiciest gatekeeper. Yeah. Uh, Adeptus Custodes. Seven and five. Uh, they didn't do as well as people kind of were, were afraid yeah. that they would. Um, so how much of that do you think has to do with people were so afraid of them that they prepared? So do you think it's that they weren't really as good as we made them out to be, or the the hype around them caused players to prepare more efficiently? I definitely think it was because the players... I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. 
there's so much you just can't do with that uh, with custodies. Yeah, the uh, they kind of fall into the same trap that Harlequins fall into. But on the um, other end of the spectrum, I yeah, would say. no, absolutely, yeah, completely, because they, they don't need to worry about they don't need to worry about like mortal wounds killing a model every turn. Mm-hmm. They don't need to worry about um, like high AP weapons. Yeah, what they do need to worry about is, you know, losing out on all these positional secondaries. Yeah, uh, you take three positional secondaries against custodies, and you're probably going to max them out turn three. Yeah, uh, if you play your cards right, and then uh, all they need to do is not get a kill one turn. One of the four turns, if Custodes fails to kill, they just miss their injury rolls. Yeah. It's pretty much game over. And let's face it, like with those three models, like each one of those models, like, yeah, they have a bunch of attacks, but they don't have like the same net amount as some of these other kill team lists mm-hmm. have. Each, too, yeah. the, the the amount of attack disparity between the between like most of their matchups is uh is is pretty stark. I know one of the guys, Alec Berryman, the one Drakari player, yeah, he took a couple of grotesques against them. Ooh, and, that's uh, interesting. I think he actually he might don't quote me on this. He might have actually killed a custodian or two. He uh-huh. won the he won the game. He pretty much played like the perfect counter to custodies. Yeah. If that game was streamed, I don't I don't think it was. But that that would be an interesting game to watch. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, what else do I want to say about him? What I was going to say was uh, their shooting is bad. Yeah. Their I mean, shooting, relatively speaking, it's okay. But but for what they are, there's only three models. Their shooting's not very good yeah you're not going to take a cop you're not going to make one of them a comm specialist i don't even know if one of them can be a comm specialist <laughs> yeah offhand i'm not sure so like you're reliant upon these guys getting in getting stuck in close combat because they are they're great in close combat yeah it's the fantastic. issue is they're shooting with like strength four ap minus one it's not quite so enough so for, weak yeah so weak for such a big model yeah uh, so all people got to do is just you know stay out of their way it's yeah. not like they get reroll charges or anything. Yeah, and they're, they're one of the factions where no amount of player skill can kind of make up for those shortcomings, the, the three models. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are. You only have three models. You can't get around that. You yep. can't win positional secondaries consistently, mm-hmm. especially against some of these these lists that they went up against. So moving on, and this we're in, the, we're in the top four win rate, I believe, now. And here's one that I hyped up a little bit, Necrons. Oh, yeah. They, uh, four people, five people took Necrons. Necrons ended up going 12 and 8, 60% win rate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Glass Half Dead had a big part to play in that going 4 and 0. Yeah. Uh, he was the only Necron to make top eight, but there was another one that came pretty close. Uh, Andrew Wang, I believe his name was. And yeah, uh, Necrons are silly good in this packet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they lose to the shooty like Asriani and, and Admac armies, but. I mean, they really, they beat a lot of factions yeah. and they just have so much going for them. They're so hard to kill. Yeah. They just don't die. They can bring enough models to play the positional secondaries and they have so much kill potential. Yeah. Every model has kill potential. So yeah, I think 12 or what was it? 12 and eight. I think that's, I'd say that's a situation where the truth is, is there. Yeah. For, for Necrons. They're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. One of the best factions in the packet. Necrons are good. Yeah. Moving on, and this there's a smaller sample size, so don't get too excited, but Gene Cult had the third highest win rate, 62.5%, actually tied for second. Unbelievable. There were two Gene Cult players. They went five and three. Mitchell McBurney with the Gene Sealer Cult yeah. Thick Boy Society. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got uh, Marcus Macabre, I think. Macabre. Something like that. Macabre. Yeah. Uh, those games, there were no VODs, uh, only no. two players. I don't think Gene Cult is as bad as is is this is their reputation <laughs> would suggest. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they're high tier. I think we had a couple of decent players take them and, and succeed. Yeah, I think their reason for success is just because based on player skill. Yeah, there's the pilots. There's two people that took them. And they're they great did players. Okay, to above average. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no, no Gene Cult in top eight. Matthew Howell back at Magfest. He wasn't at LVO, but he took Gene Cult to second place. Yeah. So this is two tournaments with Kilmore Holmore where, we, where we've had some pretty decent Gene Cult players. Yeah. Um, we need more though. We need to see more. We need more more data. Yes. Uh, so I'm not. I'm still relatively unconvinced that they're anything more than middle of the pack. I will say I, I these last two tournaments have elevated my opinion from low tier to kind of average. Yeah. I don't think they're they're terrible. 
Yeah. You can succeed with them, clearly, if you're good enough. Yeah. On an open format, nonetheless, too, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not arena these guys are having pretty good success on. Uh, so, next up, and this is the star of the tournament, this faction. Yep. Osiriani. We really kind of... Oathway Osiriani. Yeah, specifically Oathway. We really slept on these guys. I don't want to say that it's just Osiriani or OP, because it doesn't feel like that. No. But every Osiriani player is just so good. Mm-hmm. What is it about Osiriani that attracts these amazing players? I mean, the th- well, me personally, the thing that sticks out to me about them the most is just Fire and Fade. I think that's amazing. Fantastic. That's an amazing yeah. tactic for one CP. Yeah. Being able to shoot and scoot. So yeah. great. And they have great shooting, great weapons. Uh-huh. Uh, there's so much they can do. The Ultway p- faction, they're getting the six up invuln. Mm-hmm. Uh they're yeah. I mean, one thing that I really noticed that that stuck out to me is the best players, especially the the Osiriani players, were using really, really utilizing reserves every game. Yeah, and I think a, that's a big takeaway for this for the whole tournament. Yeah, reserves in general were reserves huge. are great. Yeah, better than people I think thought. Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean I, I'm literally coming out of yeah. I, I mean I'm coming out of this tournament thinking all of a sudden I want to take reserves like every game, um, unless of course I'm running like an all melee, obviously. But even then, with the secondaries, uh, it's huge. Like especially with with Osiriani, they had that webway tactic they got in the annual yeah where it's two cp deep strike tactic but you can bring any three units in yeah that's crazy uh and janice used it against Burnid in that game we were talking about earlier and she brought in a wraith guard i think and two other models i don't remember what they were right into the center of the board and and that was the turn when uh Byrnid's, tyranids just kind of got deleted literally teleports in front of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh reserves are good though yeah, I've been playing, um, the past few weeks I've been playing Death Watch just to try to see how they are in this format. And what I've found is almost every game, I'm trying to put the most units I can into reserves. Yeah. And the reason for that being is, at least with Death Watch, uh, just spending one CP to drop in a Demolitions uh, Frag Cannon Gunner within five inches of a model and one inch of a table edge uh, is fantastic because then, well, like this is of course, assuming that you have initiative this phase, because then you are, you can immediately shoot with him almost immediately. Assuming your opponent doesn't have any uh, ready models. On the other hand, if you don't have initiative, you can just the, keep them in well, reserve. You can be the second guy to deep strike. Yeah. So you react to the other teams outflank or deep strike true true which is pretty important too mm-hmm. and then you can you can drop them in to snag one of the objectives on the board you know snipe out hold more potentially kill a leader um, maybe yeah it's always a risk mm-hmm. that squishy leader in the back yeah yeah um, no and that's what that's what i've been doing with the uh the frag cannon gunner it's it's worked out pretty good yeah. i mean it, it killed a custode turn one so I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, with specifically back to Osiriani, you saw the Wraith Guard coming in from reserves a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, against uh, the second game against Glass Half Dead, Michael took the Wraith Guard with the D Scythe, and he came in, I think, out of reserves and did a ton of work mm-hmm. and uh, kind of like really won that game for Michael. I mean, it was it was kind of one sided the second time around. But that D Scythe was the MVP in that game. Yeah, the D Scythe uh, Wraith Guard, the, the 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 reserves with these shooty armies, especially Eldar with the big guy that they get to bring. Uh, it's it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the highest win rate, only had one player, but we got to talk about it. And by the way, kind of like to say this, but these win rates are coming out of the the day two. This isn't including the top eight win rate. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, it's just kind of good players and matchups, uh, and less of a sample size. And we just—I just wasn't able to get a hold of it as well. But Drakari and Day Two went four and zero, and that was Alec Berryman, the one Drakari player. 
he uh, he showed up and he he took first overall in the seating for day two going into the the top eight. Uh-huh. And he knew his matchups really well up until he got paired against Thousand Sons in the in the uh, GT or not GT, sorry, the top eight on Sunday. And he, I believe, he said that he didn't really have much experience in that matchup. I uh-huh. might have mentioned that earlier. And um, he was playing against a good player, but. You can't take away that that day two performance. He had the best performance of any team. Yeah. On day two, he maxed out almost every game. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, he beat Custodes. He beat some gatekeepers. Um, I believe he beat Alex Rutnarek at one point. The the kid, <laughs> the kid himself, uh, in a really tight Asriani Jakari game. Uh, but I know against Custodes, he he took two grotesques. Yeah, so the Grotesque, they've got a 7-inch movement, 3-up weapon skill, 6-up ballistic skill, 5 strength, toughness 5, 4 wounds, yeah. 4 attacks, 8 leadership, and a 6-up save. And then they also have a 5-up invuln save, and they, very interesting, they get power from pain. Yeah. So as they stay alive, just as the just game goes on, they just get better. And with 4 wounds, they're going to live for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. Um. Obviously, their save isn't great, so if you can get like a frag cannon or some big multi-damage weapon onto them... Oh, yeah, a to... frag cannon would paint <laughs> the wall with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like... I feel like... Uh, but try... it's a 38-point model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Grotesque, that's a really interesting choice to bring against the Custodes, and it was... Yeah, they can... I, I'm assuming one was a combat specialist and the other must have been a solid specialist. Or maybe neither was a specialist, and they were just big bodies to distract the stories. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, really smart. Um, one thing I liked, by the way, talking about Alec, is on his uh, his command roster uh-huh. that they would obviously exchange yeah. before a game. He had like a little uh, like a little tool tip at the bottom for like listing all like the like toughness and saves of his models, so that someone could who he's playing against could just look down and see it without having to like look up like those a, models in the oh, book or something. Okay. Really very nice of him to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh yeah, he he took the command roster game up another level. I can't say God I would have done this. <laughs> um yeah, but great player. Mm-hmm. Um unfortunately lost round one on Sunday. But uh fantastic performance. He took Drakari. Only Drakari player. I mean I think people are might be paying a little bit more attention to Drakari from now on. Yeah. Um, they got, I, I don't, I'm not too experienced on that faction personally, but we've heard rumblings that Drakari was a good faction, but I mean, to go four and oh at a tournament with this field, this competitive oh, yeah. field that you're going up against, that's a, it obviously is a very skilled player. So, yeah. Any final closing thoughts on LVO before we, I guess, close this book and move on? Well, I love this packet. The terrain was great. The competition was competitive. High drama. Oh, oh yeah. So many, so many cool. I mean, like, you were sitting right... We, we were sitting right next to each other watching the Michael T. Holy Glass Half Dead game, the very first one, and we were just... It was... It was as electric as Kill Team could get. The Discord was going crazy. The Twitch chat was going crazy. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. We couldn't believe we couldn't believe our highs. We're like, oh my gosh, Glass F Dead just beat the number one ranked ITC player in the world. Yeah, it was the uh, it was really for was, a while there. It was like a British invasion kind of thing going on. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you like you like half jokingly said, oh my gosh, the British meta is just so ahead of the American <laughs> meta. Our yeah. small American troglodyte brains just can't even wrap <laughs> our heads around. Glass F Dead's neck round abilities. Yeah. Uh, Glass F Dead, for the record, he, I think he actually has done well in tournaments over in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's not like Rando just pulled up from the UK. And, no, no. And won. Uh, but but yeah, it was. I hope the streaming becomes a becomes commonplace at majors like this because mm-hmm. it really added to the excitement. Yeah. And being able to have all these games recorded. Is just awesome. Yeah, that's great that uh, they have that up for anybody to just go back and look through. And there's so much to take watch. away from. Oh yeah, I th- lots to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Admac 
versus Sirianni finals between Michael and Alex mm-hmm. has got to be one of the most high level kill team games like ever put on video. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just, just incredible. Um, like mind games and, and really clever positioning all game. Mm-hmm. Michael looked to be out of it and then he just clawed his way back. Yeah. He had to, uh, he had to reschedule his flight out of Vegas, like at the last second in order to have enough time to play that actual game. Yeah. So thank God that was, that was able to happen. And we were able, we were able to watch what should have been the final, like the final. Last thing I want to say uh, before we close out this episode is most importantly, this was the last tournament of the ITC season. Yep. That's right. All these rankings are resetting. Uh It finishes with Michael first, of course, by a lot. Yeah. Might I add. And then Janice in second, Um, just to consistently great player yeah consistently finding good performances every tournament she goes to um she'll find that big turning one eventually oh yeah alex squares was in third alec berryman that we were just talking about Mm -hmm. ended fourth uh there's a couple guys alex torbert despite not playing in lvo sixth in the itc rankings for the season Mm -hmm. yeah so going into the new itc season Mm -hmm. uh it's gonna be awesome i think um yeah, I'm happy to see there were there was such a a big turnout for LVO. Yeah, of course, and and not just that, but a big turnout that was for a kill team tournament that was happening at the same time as the 40k tournament. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are worried about putting on kill team tournaments like at big 40k tournaments, or at least during the same time mm-hmm. at the same venue ish area. Um, but I don't. I don't really think it's as big as big of an issue as some people think it is. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, Kill Team has its own kind of community here, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of people every day that are kind of jumping ship and saying they actually kind of like this game more. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it plays better than baseline. I, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, you know, going into ICC, ITC, uh, new season. Uh, you and I are definitely going to have to make the trip out and hit some of these East Coast tournaments up. Mm-hmm. And we will be. Most definitely. Because uh, we didn't go to anything this year. I mean, we, we kind of sunk all of our resources into just really getting in, like involved in the community and mm-hmm. and just learning the game as best as we can. And Yeah. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be making trips out. We'll be going to tournaments and, and documenting those, those journeys. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, climbing up those itc rankings <laughs> emperor willing catch me catch me number one next year michael t holy <laughs> holy crap uh, All right. that's not a real call out and we are oh okay never mind thought we caught out for something. yeah yeah we are good i don't know i saw something oh my goodness though I, it was the ghost of michael t <laughs> he actually came Just in he like he like <laughs> He uh, what was he webway striked into the basement real quick, and he just like flipped you off, and then he just oh, got out of here. Yeah, none of you saw that, but it happened. <laughs> I didn't see it; I just felt it. Yeah, it very powerful aura. <laughs> he definitely has a powerful aura. Uh, yeah, though I and the best part about going to these ITC tournaments is we're going to be able to catch up and meet some of these players that we've been talking to and, mm-hmm. and, and learning about over mm-hmm. the past year. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun old time. We're doing Vegas, right? Oh, God, man, I don't know. I mean, it's cheap to fly in. It actually is. And hotel rooms are cheap. Just because they want you to come gamble. Exactly. <laughs> Spend all your money so, on So, like, I, I really don't see a reason Except the, the thing is, once I'm done playing Kill Team, I will go gamble. I'll play poker <laughs> and I'll lose all my money. <laughs> Just don't. It's that easy. Uh, We're not going to have time to gamble. True. If, if we go to LVO next year, but that's a long ways away. Nova's closer. That one's going to be kind of tough to make it out to. Mm-hmm. Matt Wright, mm-hmm. who we talked to, who hosted mm-hmm. MAGFest, is hosting another tournament in May. Yeah, the Spring uh, Fling, May 2nd. Yeah, it's uh, it's on a Saturday. Uh, I will for sure be going to that. Yeah. You maybe, hopefully. Strong, stronger, stronger possibility. Yeah, and... Uh, no, I mean we'll we'll turn that if we both go together, we'll turn that trip in a in a, in a further content. Oh yeah, definitely for, for yeah. the YouTube channel and for the podcast. Yep, uh, and we'll get to meet some of these people like Will and 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 Matt. Hopefully, yeah, I uh, I'm thrilled. I cannot wait for the for yeah. competitive kill team this year. Exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. Stuff that we're not even allowed to talk about yet. Yeah, there's there's some surprises that's 
some things in the works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Once we have more details, we will, we'll do kind of a grand reveal uh, maybe in the coming weeks. So, yeah, I'm pretty ambitious about this stuff. So, oh, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited. Anyway. All right. Yeah. It's uh, been great. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and thank you guys for hosting LVO, uh, Alex and, and Elliot and Kill Team Stream. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Command Point Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen as it helps more listeners find our podcast. And this also helps to grow the Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team community. Thank you for listening.